talk about Red Dwarf, episode by episode, by season 11 episode. Uh, this week we're going to be breaking into Crisis, spelled with a K and a Y, because that's how Crisis is spelled. Um, but first, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And our special guest this week. I'm Sam. Hi, Hi Sam. Sam. Hello. Sam. Uh, so, uh, you have been on several times in the past, but if you wanted to remind the folks who you are, why you're here, uh, have you, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party, and where else they might find you on the interwebs? <laughs> uh, well, I'm Sam Highland. I've been a fan of Red Dwarf since I was very young. I, thought, I think I must have been about three or four when I remember coming downstairs and finding my parents watching Body, sh- uh, body Swap. Um, wow. And just... The flybys of Starbuck and Blue Midget just capsulated me, and I've been a fan ever since. Um, I first, I, I was first a guest on this podcast back in see, when we were covering series five, I believe. I think it was the Inquisitor. Uh, oh, oh, that Inquisitor. was a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. yes. Uh, you, oh, so you were there for the infamous? Would you like a cup of tea? Yes. Yeah. Would Would you like a cup of tea? Yes. I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, Wait. I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so we're yep, continuing yep. on in season 11 because they're just gonna, they're, it's never going to end. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be like Red Dwarf season 20. Cat's going to be on a walker. <laughs> no, Cat is the only end up one with who does not space. age. You're going to end up with what? <laughs> Last of the summer wine in space. Oh, yes. <laughs> No, yeah, see, there we go. Yeah, Lister will be on a walker. Yeah, Cat is the yeah. only one who doesn't age. He'll yeah. still be dancing around. Yes. Yeah, remember Crichton complete. will just strap wheels to his legs. <laughs> yes! Yes! Crichton uh, on a Segway. That's amazing. Chris Berry will be completely bald. <laughs> no amount of wigs will save him. And yes, it'll be awesome. Um, Chris Barry will end up looking more like Norman Lovett. <laughs> but for now, we are we are rolling right along. And so, Angela... Uh, your prediction for this. It didn't happen. Okay, so since I haven't edited or posted the episode that we because busy, I had a prediction that uh, the crisis that Crichton was going to be going through, because I figured that was, I didn't go to midlife. I went into, he was causing a crisis on Red Dwarf by accidentally making changes to Red Dwarf, like he had a virus without realizing it. And so there was going to be a series of mishaps and, like, Crichton is causing it without realizing it. So sort, sort of, of like, like a cross between the Scotters at the start of Body Swap. Yeah. In a way where the, one of them went mad and just rewired everything. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it kind of like when Crichton was serving breakfast and opened it up, I kind of thought, oh boy. I, I thought, I'm right, <laughs> and I was wrong. I still think I could sell that idea to Doug Naylor. Make it happen. He'd listen to me. There's been worse episodes. Thanks. <laughs> That's how I praise. Uh, so let's see. The official then, or un- our unofficial episode synopsis is Crichton has a crisis. He does. Yes. Uh, also, uh, Morgan Freeman is apparently the universe. And oh yes, we are definitely going to be talking yeah. about that. <laughs> so we start with a uh, really good uh, red dwarfy opening. I always like when they have the ship and the trumpet blare at the beginning. Sometimes they don't. Okay, is it just me, or is it the first time that the bunks have had Venetians next to them? Like, like y'all noticed that? 
They have, like, blinds. Yeah, we were debating about this. I don't know if just we've never been able to see it, or and now we're on Blu-ray, then there's better resolution. But there's, like, blinds all around the room. Yeah, and especially, like, next to the bunk. I thought, I thought like, they had made a mistake, and that was, like, a window to the outside. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's a privacy bunk. There you go. And also, where did Lister get the Red Dwarf jammies? Yeah, we gotta talk about these jammies. So, Lister's pajamas. Yeah, they were very <laughs> peculiar. Like, I noticed that there was a picture of Rimmer at first, with an age, and then it said Smeghead, and yeah. then a picture of Lister holding a beer, and it's like, catchphrases from the show all over his pajamas. It's like, Lister has a pair of shows from our dimension, or a pair of uh, pajamas, rather, from our dimension, that... I, it just makes no sense. No, no, he, art student member, created that <laughs> and decided to make it what if and uh, Lister were cartoon characters. Yeah, I guess. And decided to make pajamas out of that. It's so bizarre. I don't know, because it's not like... <laughs> It's not like he was just wearing the the, the logo. Yeah. yeah, it's not like he was he was wearing the pajamas with his face on it that one would make if one would just wanted to make a pair of pajamas with one's face and one's friend's faces on the pajamas. It's clearly a Red Dwarf TV show pair of pajamas. <laughs> it's really weird. See, that would be a great episode. They decide to try to make a TV show out of their adventures. For some reason, boredom. I guess. I'm a well of ideas today. Well, as far as I'm aware, the pajamas are not available in the shop. Aww. A missed opportunity. Yeah. I would be buying those. They gotta gotta, uh, fix that. As well as anything that Cat wears. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You you don't want me to go on a massive rant about the shop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, odd choice. And like I had, I stopped it and rewound it. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. what is he? What? Okay. Uh, so let's see. We find out that they are on spacelight savings time. Uh, oh, as Lister is, of course, trimming his toenails, and I s- nod back to Gross Lister. Yep. But yeah, they they have. Lister been seems to have a lot of problems with his feet. He does. He does. If, even if we go all the way back, he talks about like, yeah, you need to look look after my feet with talcum powder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. athlete's foot all the time. It's like, he needs to look after himself better. I think that's a major theme of the sh- Lister's poor. <laughs> he just got stank foot. Yes. <coughs> Maybe he needs to change his socks more. Maybe that's the reason. <coughs> Sorry. Or actually wash them. Yeah. But, uh, yes. Instead of, instead of breaking them up with a toffee hammer. <laughs> Although I guess Crichton doesn't want to uh, do his laundry sock laundry anymore because what's the point of it all i know what's the point of anything yes what's what's Um, going on with life the universe everything everything i still want to know why they're bothering with daylight savings time if they're in space well because he wanted another hour and he wanted another hour every year so they just kept on adding another hour yeah but daylight savings time (laughs) that they're in they're in space (laughs) in deep space it's not like there's a sun that they... I mean, there's lots of suns, but yeah, they don't... Ha- I mean, I, originally, I suppose it was would be to keep sync with, with time on Earth, but then that hasn't been a problem for quite some time, so why are they continuing to bother? 
I don't see the point of it now either. Well, that's this is true. Yes. I come home from work in the dark now. I know. I'm used to not. It's a pain. Boo, daylight savings time. Um, let's it's the see. worst thing that's happening. It is. Uh, <laughs> no one has suffered as we have suffered. <laughs> no one has suffered. Um, so... Lister then gets disappointed as he does not get the full Lister breakfast. Um, I notice that he instead makes do with Choco Comets. I, yeah. I instantly want to try Choco Comets. Another thing they should put in the shop. Yes. We need Lister's pajamas and some Choco Comets right now. Get on that, guys. Um, <laughs> let's see. And we see Cat. I note that Cat's makeup is not as bad as it was in that one episode, but it's still maybe just a little odd. I think it was the second episode of the season that you second had a real problem yeah. with the cat makeup. It was it was the first one that they shot. I don't remember if it was episode two or three shown. Yeah. But yeah, cat's makeup was awful in one episode. And in this one, it's better. It's It's, it's not as good as it was in other ones, but it's better. His eyebrows are still a bit much. He's experimenting. He's going through his own midlife crisis. He, he lied and said that cats don't do it. But he's just keeping it on the down low. Yeah, he is. Uh, let's see. We initially begin to think that Crichton's crisis is going to be an existential crisis, as he begins questioning the point of existence, etc. But then we quickly figure it out that we're talking about a midlife crisis. Although, is there very much of a difference between midlife and existential? Well, but then an existential... well, a midlife crisis is a form, isn't it? It's a form of an existential it's a crisis in a way because yeah, it's a spinoff. Like, you can have an existential <laughs> crisis and it not be midlife, but most midlife crises are yeah. existential in nature. I also noted um, that we're, we're getting a lot of side views of uh, Crichton in this episode, and, and this is really the first time that I've noticed that they, they've done some redesigns on the, on the Crichton costume. Robert Llewellyn, not quite the... Svelte fellow he was when the show when he first came on the show. Of course, that's completely understandable. Exactly. But, but yeah, I just noticed there for the first time that Crichton has gotten much rounder than he used to be. Upgrades. <laughs> I would I would say after, I've I've met Robert the and he is not big. He's just bigger than yeah. he was. I mean that happens when you get older. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I've always thought that it was impressive that they were able to, like, um, C-3PO. Oh my goodness, Anthony Daniels is like this tiny, tiny human being that anybody can fit into that costume is amazing. So, yeah, I've always thought it was impressive that Robert Llewellyn was jammed into that thing every week. And Though at least the design of it is much more forgiving than other it is. robot designs. I've thought about trying to cosplay Crichton for exactly that reason. And I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> and I think mine that's will be much why... much rounder than Robert Llewellyn's. I assure you. Like you remember when uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation redesigned their uniforms for the movies and added jackets, yeah. and it was kind of because those basically jumpsuits were <laughs> yeah were just so unforgiving. <laughs> There's only so much you can do with a corset or, or a kirkset. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Like, when you get into your 50s, you don't really want to do crunches anymore. Like, <laughs> just get a better uniform. But soon my concerns of Crichton's uh, costume are all for naught because we see Crichton 2.0. Oh, wow. Yes. It was, it was impressive. Yeah. The shiny, shiny red Corvette of Crichton's. His little vroom vroom noises were cute. They were indeed. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. It is a horrible, horrible. It is. It is. It's, <laughs> it's and, beautifully horrible. And the stupid ass. Yeah, and and like Crichton, very few times, unless it's like the weird nipple humor, he he doesn't get to do the physical humor as much as some of the others. This is true. And so having him have that ridiculous redesign was pretty great. It was a lot of fun. So we see the new costume. We see his subwoofers. Cat gets to do a little dancing with him. Um, and then we... Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, one comment here. So when they talk about how to fix his midlife crisis and like, well, what should we do? Send him on a lunar road trip hurting vacuum cleaners. Was that like a City Slickers reference? Oh, I didn't catch that. Entirely possibly. Or is like, is that a thing that people do when they get midlife crises? Do they go and herd things? I, I was... I knew about the buying vehicles, but... Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, but... Going... Gotta go to nature and be a man. I guess so. So yeah, I'm just going to say that it was definitely a City Slickers reference, and I will punch anyone who disagrees. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> So let's see, they're going to go and find uh, Butler, the 3000 series mech. Of course, Crichton is a 4000, as we recall. Yes. Um, Favorite and... new character yeah, this season yes. so far. Yes. And using the costume from Crichton in series 10. Oh, I didn't know that. Nice. Mm. Yeah, instead of uh, instead yeah. of the light he had uh, on his belly, he had just sort of the socket there. Notice that was... Um... There's a lot different as well. Um Quite a few people were a bit riled that um, Butler, though a 3000 series mechanoid, didn't look human. What? As was mentioned in Out of Time. Oh, I'd forgotten that. When, yeah, because when because Crichton said, oh, Lister is really a 3000 series mechanoid, and they were all recalled because they found them disturbing. Uh, so, oh no, the continuity I mean, I is broken. So I, Red Dwarf has never broken continuity before, ever. I can't believe they would start. No. How dare they? I said good day. No, um, no, no I'm, glad I'm glad you said that, because I had completely forgotten that. Me yeah. Too. Huh. As I'm sure the and of course as well. What was that, Shane? As, and of course, he's played by Dominic, Dominic Coleman, who played Arthur Weasley. Mm-hmm. In the Harry Potter video games. Okay. Yeah, I was about to... I thought you were going to say in the Harry Potter Yeah, film. I was like, that's, that's not him. <laughs> that doesn't but... seem... Okay, I did look him up because Heath was wondering if he was, like, American or Canadian. But I was saying he was doing a Crichton impression. Kind of, yeah. But, well, he wasn't doing, like, the full-on Crichton. No. But yeah, he was, like, he very... he His accent was more Canadian type than... Yeah. I was like, is that a British actor? Or, but he said idea, which that wouldn't which be. Which Crichton says. Yeah, yeah, because Canadian. But So yeah. I was like, I don't think it would be an American actor, but the idea. But um, So yeah, we were trying to figure that out. Yeah. It was really weird how he always looked like he was sneering, because one side of his mouth was sort of yeah. down. It's like, yes, I'm smoking and I know it. Come on, Crichton. I'll show you how much better I am at everything. Yeah. But he, it was infuriating because... He was better, and he, like, actually was doing good things for everyone. It's just... He even made friends with exactly. girls. Exactly. Exactly. They, they've they never been able to do that. So my theory, like, as... as... It's a bit difficult when Lister was out on one of his wedding day. <laughs> my theory, when they said that they were going to go see this 3,000 unit to make Crichton feel better about his progress, 
I was thinking, okay, Butler will have V'gered, going back to the uh, original Star Trek movie. Um, I thought that he would have, like, hooked up with a super intelligent being and become, like, this omnipotent god-robot thing. Um, which we do find out later that he's met the universe, but not yeah. until the end. Um, but yeah, I thought that he was going to be, like, not just more advanced and evolved and, and culturally, you know, n- not superior in the ways that he was, but I thought he was going to be, like, ridiculously... Like, transcendently yeah. superior. Yes. But, uh... But that didn't happen. It Instead, he was smugly superior. We see... They, they say that they go back into hypersleep on the way to, um, uh, to find Butler. Like, Lister mentions it. That really Why me. Why bring it up? Yeah. They didn't show the... They didn't show the yeah. tubes. It, it added nothing to the plot. Why mention that the rest of the crew were going to go into hypersleep? Why not just have it have the ship conveniently there? Maybe it's just a sign that they're finally given up looking for Kachansky. I guess so. Um, yeah, you can find this robot in a heartbeat. Kachansky? Yes. Um, but, because, uh... <laughs> because they're trying so hard. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was, maybe that was the three years ago midlife crisis... Yeah, that... for five minutes, Lister thought about yeah. going to find Kachansky, but he got over it as as people in the North do. Yeah, he yeah. decided, eh, yeah. oh well. You get on with it. Um, let's <laughs> see. We see, once again, the executive hallway makes its appearance. Yes, they are going to use that set. They built a hexagonal <laughs> white hallway with a classical music playing and daggummit. <laughs> they will use it in every episode. <laughs> Such reuses. God, they've never done that. I thought it was charming. (laughs) Just so obvious about it. And I loved that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we learn, uh, we learn about, uh, Butler's ridiculous cultural achievements and the paintings and the, his novel about the five privileged human families and the whole, yeah. And, like, doesn't he put on concertos mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. The, the robots? Interesting word, concerto. It comes from... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, then <laughs> Rimmer. Oh, my goodness, Rimmer. So when, the, when they go over and talk and Rimmer is like, yeah, but if we can convince him to stay, we can upgrade our mech. Oh, oh you jerk. You complete jerk. Just no. Like, occasionally I'm almost on board with Rimmer. I think, okay... He's matured. He he's <laughs> he's become better, and then he does something like that. Yeah, and Lister doesn't call him on it. No, I feel like he should have. There is a deleted scene okay. where he does. Good. Well, so... not good that it was deleted, but at least it was written. Well, they could have included that yeah. because I thought the explaining Crichton is in a midlife crisis scene went on way too long. And they could earlier. have taken out the fact that they were in hypersleep. Yeah, like like when they were first discussing what his crisis was, it, between that and his redesign, it takes a long time. They are doing a West Wing hallway walk, yeah. <laughs> talking about just the concept of midlife crises, and I'm like, okay, get on with it, dudes. I keep saying hypersleep. I just saw the Aliens movie, by, uh, Stasis. Yes, yeah. it's not hypersleep. Um <laughs> Uh, so let's see here. Uh, then we have uh, probably the highlight of this episode, the Gelf. 
uh, encounter. Um, the music that pops up when the Gulf gunships do, it's very classic Star Trek. It's like the Klingons are there. Like, <laughs> um, it's not quite the... It's very, very ominous. Yeah, they got the the little bongo drums going, and they got the trumpet blares. Very classic sci-fi battle. Um, and we see, I guess this is the first Gulf we've seen in this season. Yeah, yeah ha- is it Aquahecte? Mm. Yeah. I think that was his name. Yeah. It, it looked a bit bodybuilder-ish, really, in his uh, adapted gorilla outfit. Yeah. I don't know. I always like when they had the Gelfs, like, very, 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 very alien-looking. That one looked a bit Halloween costume-ish. But, you know, fine. it was fine. Um, let's see. So, of course, the Gulf are going to attack, and then, of course, Butler talks him out of it because he's Butler. Feels like Butler and Ace Rimmer would get on. Extra Hector, is that you? Butler! Yes, Butler and Ace Rimmer teaming up. <laughs> yes. Would just take over the universe with smug charm. And then four <laughs> minutes straight of correcting Crichton's Gelf dialect. yeah and everyone getting it it's one of those it was like it was funny and then it went on too long and wasn't funny but then then it it kept on going and then it was funny again it came back around yeah um but yeah they get out of that uh the ship breaks much to Crichton's delight um (laughs) and they finally go to meet the universe slash Morgan Freeman. A so-so Morgan Freeman impression, yes. Um, I really don't know why they went with Morgan Freeman. It, they, they would have been better off going for the sort of either Brian Blessed or anything but Morgan Freeman. It it won't age well as a reference, I don't think. I think that will be something where in 10 years' time we'll look back at it and think, oh, God, why did they well, do Morgan that? Morgan Freeman, I mean, he, he was God in um, the... Uh, Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Bruce and Almighty. It's, and it's Bruce president up. in Deep Impact. Yeah, he's got one of those voices. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. It's, having Morgan Freeman as the voice of God, I don't know that it was a bad call. I, I wasn't completely thrilled with the impression, though. It was, yeah. I think they went a bit yeah. too Southern. Almost, With yeah. it. Which Morgan Freeman is from our home state of Mississippi. Yes. Um, in fact, he has a bar. In Mississippi, mm-hmm. that he hangs out in, and it's awesome. Yep. Uh, let's see, what did I have here? Oh yeah, so the first words of the universe there are "I am here," which I thought was interesting because uh, in the in the Bible, then of course, whenever somebody asks God who He is, He's like "I am." Um, so yeah, I thought that was. I don't know if that was a deliberate religious reference or not. There, the "I am," but I don't know. Maybe overthinking it. Maybe. I am that I am. Uh, the apparently answer to who God is, and also <laughs> Papa the, the Sailor Man. Yes. <laughs> Reserved for, for deities and beloved cartoon characters slash spinach mascots. Um, I think, though, that uh, this Mr. Universe and the Firefly Mr. Universe need to get together. <laughs> and then meet Greg Universe. <laughs> yes! And Steven Universe. <laughs> So let's see. I am crisis in multiple universes. Okay, but when Mister Universe was like, "Wait, I'm gonna die." Yeah, 
I about lost it there. I think that was the high point of the episode for me. That was a pretty good one. Um, Rimmer wants proof. Rimmer is Rimmer is full on Star Trek fiving here. Why would God need a starship? Um, yeah. How do we know that you're the universe? You know. So he wants to see a CV. Yes. Yes. Let's see, let's see your. He wants his photo ID. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, the, U- it's been the universe's before. midlife crisis was pretty cool. <laughs> and then they kind of went into, I learned something today. One tidbit in here that I thought was interesting. I, um, the universe says that there was only one planet created with intelligent life. Yeah. So I guess this, this is the yeah. full confirmation. I know that all of the aliens and whatnot that we've seen in the Red Dwarf universe so far have been genetically modified things dropped off by humans. It yes. So I guess this is the confirmation that there is literally no intelligent alien life out there within Red Dwarf. That- I think that was one of the primary things that Rob Grant and Doug mm-hmm. Naylor confirmed when they were writing the series. They said, look, there's going to be no bug-eyed aliens or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's just these guys alone in space, and then Crichton came along, and Gelfs later on, and simulants and that, but everything has had to come from yeah. Earth. So something that Red Dwarf and Firefly have in common. Yeah. Other than, than poor dead yeah. Bessie. Yes. The greatest of all aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, having having that established was pretty nice, and, you know, good continuity in that case. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, we sort of fall into our you know, red, there's no need to have midlife crises because everything dies, but existing. Yay. And um, love. <laughs> I've learned to trust in the power of the heart of the cards and friendship. <laughs> um, oh. And then, of course, Crichton tries to get one over on Butler finally, only to find out that Butler already knew the universe and engineered the meeting himself because he's just that good. Oh, Butler. I kind of hope he comes back. It was an actual proper. It was. Episode. It was. It didn't like. Yeah. It. Di- it didn't. It didn't feel tacked on. It didn't feel like. Oh, it's been cut short as Officer Rimmer did. It just. It felt like a, a natural ending to the episode, which is something I feel that this season has quite yeah. struggled with. Yeah. There's been like two or three of somebody saying something and the other person getting mad and it doing a freeze frame, and it's like that's like a 1987 sitcom night court ending, like. <laughs> I thought Red Dwarf was a bit past that at this point. And then the one that had no ending. It worked for Maru, so why shouldn't it work here? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the one that had no ending. <laughs> yeah. It was just, just like, explosion! Well, we killed the monster. <laughs> Bye! Yeah. I mean, even even DNA had the joke after the Curry Beast was blown up. It was blown up, and then Lister has a one-shot line, one line, and the cat finishes it off. And then it rolls credits. So at least there was some sort of ending there okay and i think we can stop and appreciate that we can legitimately say about this show after the curry monster was blown up <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah and one of the uh, one of the words on uh lister's pajamas was vindaloo by the way yes yes he just he wanted to put the word vindaloo on his red yeah. dwarf it looks that much. do you think he bought it and back to earth when they well, that was a hallucination. They never oh, actually went to Oh, this is true. The they? space squid, I think, remember? I think it came to a time. Well, maybe off. he saw it in his hallucination and then got inspired to create it himself. Mm. It has been accounted for. It's been totally accounted for. 
Or maybe the cat made it as a joke as a joke for him. Say, here, have this, wear it. It'll look good on you. Even though he knew full well it would look horrible. It does seem something like something cat would do, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that pretty much gets us to the end. Yeah. No, wait, that was the first episode. Uh, <laughs> so shall we rate this sucker? I suppose we can. Well, Sam, you are the guest. You get to rate first. I actually enjoyed this episode a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I was especially pleased that we got a Crichton who was having a crisis, but didn't go into his horrible, squeaky oh, yeah. persona from Series that, 7. That was a good edit. I'm so glad that I didn't see a return. That was one of the major worries that a lot of people had. And um, With that in mind, with Butler and his fantastic <laughs> <laughs> presence on screen, um, got to take into account the Morgan Freeman impression. I'd give it, I'm feeling generous, so we'll say 7 out of 10 horrible red mechanoid suits. <laughs> Uh, well, um, Shane has left us. Uh, he, He's having a crisis. Yes, Shane had a crisis and had to go. So we will move on to Angela. Okay. Um, I think... I, I was a bit down last night, so I, you know, I don't think I enjoyed it as much while I was watching it, but I think I'm starting to enjoy it more that we've talked about it. Mm. It's really weird when that happens. Um... But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think that Robert Llewellyn did a good job in making, as you said, a Crichton with a crisis without getting whiny and annoying. So uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 um, uh, concertos for the uh, robot staff. Nice. Uh, well, I'm I'm actually gonna fall right in between you two and keep it simple. Then I'm I yeah again good episode entertaining. Um, didn't really like nothing that like knocked my socks off. Nothing that I thought was you know to to move it into the upper echelon of Red Dwarf episodes. But it was definitely uh, entertaining, better than average. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it uh, seven and a half marks. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> marks. Mark. Mark. Okay. Mark. Um, so, uh, that is our ratings, averaging out to seven and a half. And yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, and so we will move on to the quotes. Give us a yeah. quote. Yeah. What? Why don't you take an ice cold shower? That'll fix everything. I'm not waterproof, sir. Exactly. <laughs> that was pretty good, Crichton. Too. Yeah, it was. It was. Nicely done. <laughs> Love? Oh, I had it. I, I can go if you want. Yeah, you go. Um, let's see. Mozart, dummy, is one of the greatest musical gods of all music. And after Twinkle, he went on to write, among other things, The Best of Mozart and The Best of Mozart Volume 2. <laughs> <laughs> must be so hard for you being the only one here with the classical... It is. Of course, I might point out there was someone else. If only they could find her. Eh, who? What? I don't know. Okay, um, let's see. It turned out to be the space station you were looking for. And guess what? We actually talked to the universe. The actual universe itself. What do you make of that? Oh, you know the universe. You call him Uni? You purposefully expanded our EM circuit so I'd meet him? (laughs) You thought it might help me? You have him on speed dial? (laughs) (laughs) 
I've forgotten to cook breakfast. How could I be so stupid? Stupid, stupid, stupid. Did someone call my name? Oh, cats. Let's see. Do you have one, love? Um, wait. I'm gonna die? In just 14 billion years' time? I'm halfway through my life, then. No wonder I'm not as hot as I was. No wonder I'm expanding exponentially. (laughs) 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 Oh, universe. Good. Oh... I'm I'm a bit stumped for one actually. That I, there was it was a good episode. I, there weren't that many quotes that jumped out at me for this one. Yeah. Yeah. I did think it was interesting when um, uh, when they were listing all of the things that uh, Butler wouldn't be able to do. They do include. Let's see. He'll probably be unable to lie, won't he, sir? Uh, or cheat, deceive, brag, boast, whinge, exaggerate, or be proud, pompous, or self-important. <laughs> Um, so yeah, whinging was was in there, I guess. Yes. It's a homage to season seven. Yeah. Uh, oh. Seven. Whinging with a K. Yes. Yes. Any other important quotes? Nah. Not off the top of my head. There was the. I love the description of the uh, book. It delineates the events surrounding the droid uprising and invasion of Callisto back in the late 22nd century and the impact the uprising has on lunar society as seen through the eyes of five privileged human families. Um, that, their idea, then, of, of just the pretentious uh, great novel I, I, I thought was, was about spot on. Also, didn't it sound a little bit like Battlestar Galactica? Hmm, you know. Like, it was, it was Caprica, not Callista. Yeah. And droid uprising? Yeah. I suppose so. Fairly privileged families. Mm-hmm. Well, in Red Dwarf, there was supposed to be a droid uprising at one point as well. That's why the girls got yeah. created. All right. Well, I guess that uh, brings us to the end of... Uh, no, wait, that was the first episode. Uh, I know. Oh. Um, so what is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I've never seen one before. No one has, but I'm guessing it's the next episode. Oh. Uh, well, next week, uh, we will be... Um, were we going to take an episode off to review... Um, Sorry, Vicar, we'll not be going to Tottenham today, or... I don't think... I think that's too highbrow for everyone. I guess so. I guess so, yes. Um, so... Sorry, I said that I would mention it every episode this season, and I'm gonna. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, instead, we'll be watching the last episode of season 11, the last produced thus far, um, Can of Worms, it looks like. Um, so we have to figure out what Can of Worms is about. So, I'm I'm thinking about the only things that we haven't seen from the opening credits. There, there's Cat in a wig and a pink outfit shooting at things. There's, There's Lister holding a coconut and screaming. Pineapple. pineapple. Sorry, yes, pineapple. A, a very wet pineapple. Yes. Um. Yeah, so... I mean, we've been theorizing it's going to be a polymorph-style episode. It's possible that we're going to... It's an, a, a new type of parasite and not a polymorph. Or maybe it's an offshoot of a polymorph. Yeah, which again... Po- yeah, because... Reusing ideas isn't something that happens well, we, fairly often. We had in polymorph and polymorph two, so maybe this is polymorph <laughs> the third, and the one where the polymorphs are land bound and have sonic screams. Um, and they called it can of worms just to hide the fact that it's a polymorph, since yeah. now episode titles mean that there's reams and reams and reams of message boards and <laughs> Facebook groups and tweets yeah. and Reddit threads. 
Let's not call it this because we don't want to open that can yeah. of worms. Yes, yes. With the fandom. They're talking about the fandom. <laughs> the fandom is the can of worms. Yes. So I don't know. I think I think we have to assume <laughs> with worms and everything that we're looking at some kind of parasite. Um, I, I'm going to say in the vein of the polymorph. It's going to be a high concept sci-fi, possibly something akin to John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, I say John Carpenter's The Thing. That was actually a remake, but I think John Carpenter's The Thing is probably the best thing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking something like that. A parasite that bonds with its host and drives them crazy and makes them do things and you don't know who to trust or who's real and, and, and that sort of thing. I think it's going to start off as a prank war mm-hmm. between all four of them that keeps escalating and escalating and escalating until they're just trying to tear each other apart mm. with wet pineapples and guns. As one does. Yeah, it makes sense. Yes. So, we will find out next week uh, whether we are right or whether it's some other wacky red dwarfy plot. Sam, thanks again for... for joining us always a pleasure uh, anywhere on the interwebs that people need to go to to find you or um i'm on twitter um i mostly post on there about um transformers and the repaints that i do of the nice. figures um i think i'm on there as roadstorm tfw um i'm the digital media administrator for eventindustrynews.co.uk um that's about it, really. There's not really many <laughs> other places I go online. I'm on Facebook, obviously, but cool, cool. Trying to get off that as much as I can. That's a good life decision. It is. I, I need to follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. Before I... Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll be back next time and hopefully wrap up this season uh, and like I can of worms. Bye. 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 Bye.